You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Another episode of Short Shift Podcast. A little bonus this week. Ian is not joining us tonight. He has something fucking going on. Maybe Thelma shit all over the floor and he's got to clean. I don't really know what the hell's going on. But we do probably have a special Velma guest. Related. It's, it's probably Velma related. Uh, we do have a special guest, Mr. Nick Busa. Boosie, downtown Boosie. Dude, how are you doing, man? I haven't heard your voice in a couple of weeks on the after after uh stepping away from dump. It it feels good. As soon as I saw that text from you, I lit up like a fucking kid on Christmas morning. I'm like, I can't I've been dying, especially because I left at the terrible time at a terrible time because all like you know, the injuries, Cassidy getting fired. I'm like, fuck, I gotta get back on the pod wave <laughs> soon. Um, I've been trying to make it work with Mark, but my schedule shit. Yeah, but it works out with you guys. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be here. I mean, you guys have a great podcast. I always have fun listening to you guys. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Happy to be talking. Unfortunately, some Bruins hockey, but it's uh, fortunate and unfortunate. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean it's it, it's there's no warm fuzzy feelings about this team right now, unfortunately. So we might as well just all be mad at it together. Mm-hmm. Andrew, how are you doing tonight, dude? I'm doing good. Um, glad to be recording and glad to try to get all of our thoughts out on this because oh boy, it's been a hell of a forty eight hours since we last recorded, hasn't it? We're gonna get into mostly the Bruce Cassidy Zoom session that he put together today. I have opinions. I know, Andrew, I know you have opinions. Is there anything we want to touch on before we dive into that? Do you want to talk about the David Posternock thing that seemed to just be a lot of drama that Fluto was starting? I think I think that's all it was. We talked about Fluto a couple of weeks ago, or it might even been last week. I don't even know. We've been recording so randomly. Um, Fluto's kind of diving into some of the uh, headline-grabbing weird shit lately and it's really bugging me because definitely one of my favorite writers who covers the Bruins but at the same time so many people were talking about this article and didn't actually read the fucking article like straight up mm-hmm. they were just talking about the idea that we're going to move on from him we're going to we're going to trade him away that's not even what Fluto said so like to Fluto's credit I'll give him some credit he at least laid it out in a better way than what people were assuming he was saying it wasn't it wasn't ideal just to throw it out there was kind of shitty to do but he's not wrong like if if we're not able to re-sign him then you have to at least explore trading him but it's not going to be fucking this summer he's not wrong in the sense of i nobody Absolutely nobody is immune from getting traded. If Wayne Gretzky can get traded, God damn, Boston can get traded. Yep. That's fine. That's not what. That's not where my problem laid. Where my problem was was the unnamed source that yeah. said David Posternock will not play for the Bruins as long as Don Sweeney is the general manager. Yeah. That, was, that was the issue that I took with it, mm-hmm. and it was it was that. And it was, and then the next day, the agent being like, oh no, we're sitting down like in a couple of weeks to hammer out details for a contract extension. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's like, okay, what was the point of putting it, putting that in there? Yeah. Pluto. Like that was my issue. Like it's, I have no problem with the premise of if we want to accelerate the start of a rebuild, this is definitely an option and this is how it could work. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. It was how it began that I took issue with. Yeah. Boosie, I know you're a Sox fan. Doesn't this kind of feel like the Mookie shit? 
like all yeah, over no, again? It, it 100% does. And I don't know. I know it's a little bit off topic, but I don't know if you saw Mookie Betts's uh, comments the other day. He yeah, was on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I mean, I never like with Mookie, I never got the feel that he hated Boston, hated, hated the fans, hated the atmosphere here. It just kind of led to management, front office, and ownership. And that's kind of what it feels like with Pasternak. I mean, yeah, Fluto put out completely you know, clickbait worthy, you know, article, uh, headline, <clears throat> but I mean, I was definitely one of those guys who just saw it and I didn't even read it, but I mean, I didn't jump the gun on it. Uh, I mean, low key, it kind of would have been awesome though. If those words were true that he's like, I'm not going to resign if Sweeney's back here. Cause I mean, I don't, I think a lot of, I mean, it's tough because I've been such a Sweeney guy, but now it's like after today, I'm going and we'll get into that later. I'm going like the other way now. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's a little bit tough, but yeah, it definitely feels like the Mookie situation where like it could get ugly. It could get awkward. Um, and I guess we'll kind of see in a month or so when they said they're going to sit down early July and talk extensions, but I'm hoping that something comes out of that as for fans, we hear something, but I mean, you, you got to imagine, I mean, Pasternak said a few years ago, like when he signed the extension, it wasn't for the money. He, he, you know, he's not playing hockey for the money. You know, he did take a discount at the time. It felt like, uh, so you have to wonder if he's willing to do that with how the team is as of right now. Uh, I mean, this definitely leaves a bad taste in his mouth. I, and so I, I imagine he's, I mean, he might try to friggin', you know, rob the bank with, Sweeney in front office. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to expect when it comes to the extension talk. If, you know, if he really is upset, if he's really not, um, I'm sure he's not too happy, but I don't know. I mean, could it, I wish we kind of had a hint if we knew if he was one of the guys that wasn't a big Cassidy guy. Yeah. I mean, just, just in you saying like a bad taste in his mouth, like I'm sure just his name coming up, this week with all the fucking terrible shit that's surrounding this organization this week. I'm sure he isn't stoked that his name even came out and that he's part of a storyline in one of the worst weeks for Bruins media that we've and seen that, in a very long time. That yeah. said, you're, you're wondering if he's one of the people who uh, didn't hold back uh, in his, I guess, end of season meetings or whatever uh, regarding his relationship with Cassidy. I don't know if he liked him or not. I'm going to operate under the idea that he, I mean, it's safe to say maybe he didn't, you know, like if we say that he did, it doesn't matter. If we say that he didn't, maybe it holds some sort of weight. Mm -hmm. So it's, it sucks, but I'm not for that. That's the only thing that I'm not really that upset about is if enough people said something negatively about Cassidy's style uh, inside that locker room or the level of respect he was commanding, then yeah, it's, it's time to move on. But the whole situation just, it just reeks, man. It's just looking at, looking at the list of coaches right now that are available out there. He's literally the best coach that is available right now. Yeah. So there's no way we upgrade. Like there's, there's a, a talk that we're going to maybe go with a, a young, theoretically, possibly a rookie coach and, and shake that out. I don't think this front office is strong enough to really make that a possibility right now. I'm with you, Boosie. Like I like Sweeney and what he's done for this team. However, my faith is shaken right now. I did say on my old podcast, um, after the sign and trade, basically with Lynn home, I was like, all right, like after this trade deadline, I think he deserves an extension. And I was kind of on board with that. But things went south quick at the end of the season. And it's, I don't know, after hearing some of the words today and uh, dissecting both um, interviews with between Cassidy and Sweeney, it's like, is, is, it, is, is he just Naley's puppet at this point? And uh, I don't know, like kind of like going back and listening to both or like, seeing quotes from Cassidy and then listening to Sweeney's thing. It's, it's almost like Neely is like just using uh Sweeney as the puppet. And I don't know. It's, um, and, but then 
and then you also hear about the extension that they're in the works for an extension for Sweeney and you haven't heard anything yet, but mm-hmm. I, I think I saw a tweet today saying something like the extension probably could have already happened. They just haven't announced it yet because of the Bergeron, the Bergeron news, the fire and the Sweeney, uh, Cassidy and all that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm waiting I, for the Celtics to win the title to announce that doing yeah, right. good old, good old media dump. They're going to announce it on game seven, right? Uh, <laughs> As the game starts, I fucking. It's gonna be like the Brady retirement right before the Super Bowl, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't know. Like, if there was a if there was a deal already in place or even on the table, like I feel like that should have been done before the coach, because Mm -hmm. then whatever Sweeney said, I don't know, it would have felt like it carried more weight. Right now, it feels like ownership. I feel like not enough people are talking about what ownership wants and what ownership is dictating, because ultimately they can sign off on whatever the fuck they want. If Sweeney finds somebody in free agency that he is willing to spend money on, it still has to clear ownership. So, like, I'm almost we we're fully aware as Bruins fans that we don't have the best ownership in the NHL or probably sports. I don't even yeah. We're owned by Montgomery if, Burns. Let's yeah, be real. I don't think we even have close to the best ownership in our division. He probably has no idea he still owns the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Charlie Jacobs is the one that does the day to day operations yeah. at this point. And I, you gotta wonder if this is coming if this is coming from ownership or at the very at the very least, like um, our boy Van Allen put out a theory that he thinks that Sweeney didn't want to do it, but someone from higher than Sweeney's pay grade yeah. came down after he told, well, we'll get into it, mm-hmm. that someone from higher than Sweeney's pay grade came down and was like, no, we're, we're getting farther from the Stanley cup. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, exhibit one a, this is who we need to, who we need to change. This is the, where the change needs to happen. I mean, there's no doubt that ownership's somewhat involved because you don't fire a head coach. You don't fire anybody without the blessing of ownership unless this ownership is so incredibly hands off that they don't even they shouldn't even own the team at that point right right do you want to dive into this uh this presser today oh my god let's do it that's why we're here ian or ian jesus christ edit (laughs) uh andrew i'll let you play cassidy and uh and read the uh the quotes do you want me to go? Do you want me to go down the line here? Yeah, let's just go this? right down the line. Fuck it. All right. Okay. So, something to keep in mind with this press conference is that Cassidy called it himself, and the Bruins helped him get the credential media together. Mm-hmm. This is ab- this is very abnormal. This is extremely rare, especially for a fired coach to have a post mortem for his job like this. Mm-hmm. So I think Cassidy definitely had stuff to say, and he said it. He said a lot of interesting things here. So let's get into it. Also, caveat: he looked like he was in tears the entire time. He was. Oh, he was sad. He sat. Sad boy summer man. Yeah. He looked. He looked miserable doing the whole thing. But he, something he felt like he had to do, and that was that's who Cassidy is. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do like that he asked to you know hold the interview or presser and he and asked the Bruins to set it up for them I do I do like that um because I I really what I was wondering when we were going to hear from him and if we were going to hear from him anytime soon mm-hmm. uh so that was a nice surprise I mean as Bruins fans and uh definitely a lot to dissect from um some quotes from him so I'll let you guys get into that it's exceedingly rare and I'm very glad he did it so here we go so on his time here, he said, the Bruin is tattooed on me and I feel as if I did my job. Do I still want to be here? Yes, I do. So right away, just twist the knife. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, on next year, I've already been contacted by several teams. This is what I do. I'm coaching next year as long as it's a fit for my family. Any team that gets him is getting an elite coach full stop. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that this presser today is kind of interesting just because he is going to be courted pretty heavily in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Like teams are going to make decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if right after the Stanley Cup is over, he's announced as somebody's head coach, whether it's fucking, I don't know. I, I don't even want to speculate where he's going because no matter where it goes where where he goes, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit irritated. 
I'm going to be a little bit annoyed with it. Especially uh, if it's Vegas. I'm going to be yeah. pissed. Well, if he goes into the division, that's one thing. If he goes to Vegas, that's going to bother me for another reason. If he goes to Detroit, it's going to be unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've seen the Devils, like locked on Devils and stuff like that. We're talking about the idea of Cassidy coming. A lot of teams are licking their chops at this dude right now. And mm-hmm. to go back to the first part that he said with it, the Bruins tattooed on him, Look, he's a fan and he he's part of this organization in the same way as Neely was. He played for us. Mm-hmm. He came up with us. He started in Providence. He got a shot. This was what he wanted. And it sucks. This is arguably his dream job. Yeah. And he to lose that right now in the prime of his coaching career. He grew up as a Bruins fan. Yeah. He has said that numerous times. Yeah. It fucking sucks. All right. Now, here's where we get into the teeth of this. On his exit interview, Don and Cam said I would be coaching on the final year of my deal. That's how it would be proceeding moving forward. Sometimes there's talks after every year. Right away, there's coaches let go, there's extensions, there's status quo. That was the message. That'd be status quo. It's interesting to note that in the status quo in the interim and the time between this, he was given the go ahead to make changes to his assistance. Mm-hmm. And Cassidy was the one who fired Kevin Dean. Yep. That tells me there was a decision that was made within the last week mm-hmm. that m- maybe that there was, it, they legitimately Sweeney legitimately wanted to keep him. I think that speaks to it more than anything else here. Yeah. What do you think, Boosie? Part of me thinks that Neely is kind of just playing. Um, I don't know. Part of me thinks he's just like two faced at this point. I mean, this guy, I mean, he did say in his presser that uh, this, what did he say? Something like the style of coaching or how we coach this team needs to be uh, changed. And we need to look into that and stuff like that. Um, and obviously I'm paraphrasing that, but then he, you know, Cassidy says today that both of them said that he'd be coaching his final year of the contract. So obviously he's going to come back next season and ride it out and, you know, deal with it then. Uh, And then out of nowhere, part of me thinks it's nearly went behind Sweeney's back and went to ownership and was in their air the whole time saying like, Mm -hmm. we need a change. We need this. Mm -hmm. We need that. I I think either, either that or, or the opposite owner went to Neely and said, yeah, take care of this. Yeah. Right. Cause the Cause more I, I dissect I, this, it, it's, it's Don. It sounds like, and it seems like Don actually wanted to keep him. Um, like I really it, do believe that. I think Don, I think Cassidy was Don's guy, mm-hmm. but yeah, clearly I, Don could be convinced otherwise. Yeah. Right. And probably to save his own ass to a point. Sure. But, yeah. Sure. Like I said, like I said last week, like he, he had the opportunity to fire one guy and rehire one guy. Mm-hmm. This accelerates the timetable of Sweeney's ass being on the line because now this entire fan base, all of the media, they are going to be looking at Sweeney 10 times harder than they have been because how many fire Sweeney Twitter accounts do we fucking need? Cause they're <laughs> tripling right now, straight right. up. Right. Right. And then the, the, the people who have been defenders like Thomas, like myself, like Boosie, we're 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 kind of shook right now we're kind of on shaky ground right now so Mm -hmm. in terms of the support of sweeney so all right now this one was interesting to me especially the last part of it on his message delivery to players on the way that he communicated with his players you know for example like call outs to the media i always talk to players beforehand you don't have much of a team if you're not held accountable but I had been approached at points by Cam specifically that I needed to be more careful with that approach. And it, but it shows in our record that the player, the players received the message. There were lapses of course, and some outliers that you have to work extra with. And I, that was the sticking point, I suppose, but no coach buys his own groceries. Shout out to Bill Parcells. Mm -hmm. So right, right off the bat, that just says like, Hey, there's certain people on this team that I don't want on this team. That's mm-hmm. the groceries comment. Yep. The interesting thing to me is that if Cam is going to him and talking about like, hey, ease up on Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, or, yeah there it or, is. Or what are you doing with Frederick or, or whatever the case is. Like there's certain players that maybe are Cam guys that weren't necessarily Cassidy guys. And we've seen that for fucking years. 
especially with the young kids. But that is literally Cassidy's coaching style where he's it's, it's all accountability. Stand up and be your own man or else you don't have fucking playing time. Do the right thing. Pull the same direction as the rest of the team. I don't know. Maybe there was a disconnect with certain players. And obviously some of those players are going to have friends on the team. So more people are talking in, the, in these exit interviews and it bit him in the ass. And maybe Sweeney agreed with Cassidy's style and Cam didn't because he's trying to coddle certain players or keep a certain element to this team that, that didn't exist under Cassidy and will remain to be seen if it's going to exist under somebody else. What was that quote that Neely that Neely said in his presser? There, there's a team, there's a toughness element that we need to that we need. Actually, it was Sweeney that said it that there's mm-hmm. a team toughness that we need to exploit that we need to zone in on. I think it, to Boosie to your point, I think that's uh, I think uh, Sweeney opened his mouth and Cam came out. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. the the groceries comment was very interesting because you know that instantly made me think of the Robert Kraft, Bill Parcells. If they're gonna let you cook dinner, it might yep. be might as well let yeah. you shop yeah. for some of the groceries. That's like a nice little jab at Sweeney's drafting. And uh-huh. that definitely that's that's exactly I, 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 I kind of dig that because I mean uh, actually I I had this screenshot from Ty Anderson. Um because they were obviously on him about the developing of players and younger guys like that. But then and Ty Anderson put out a tweet uh, tonight and it's like, um, one thing I thought was key about Cassidy on developing young players, big, big key for B's management and quotations. He noted that when now teams often have tough times sticking with them. Also worth noting, uh, Sweeney signed five veteran UFAs on day one last year. And I mean, I, I was a fan. I mean, I know we're kind of like, I'm kind of all over the map right now, but like one big guy, I was a fan of the Felino signing. Um, and that's just looking like dog shit. So it's like <laughs> you're giving, you're giving Cassidy these guys and, but you're giving him all these guys with one ways or, um, you know, veterans who expect, to be in the lineup and then these guys who i mean stanika how many opportunities did he have this season and he didn't seize it yeah i mean mm-hmm. he's he's got young guys should be making cassidy's job 10 times harder than it already is and the young guys i feel like majority of the times just didn't make his job that difficult it's like all right like you're showing me that you still need time to develop and obviously b's management didn't like that and um and like they blamed him for it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to a he, point, I do too, as well, just because of the track record. But still, it's ultimately it's not on him. Like, if a dude doesn't perform well, he's giving him the minutes, he's putting him on a line and saying, "Get out there and show me." And they haven't been able to do it. But that is a tremendous segue because here's the next point on criticisms of his development of young players. I think guys like McAvoy, Pasta, Carlo, and Swayman, guys like that push back on that idea. But when you're contending for Stanley Cups, there's only so much room for some of these other young players. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. I mean, what does he want to add? Like, plug in a rookie who isn't projected to be even a top six forward, plug him in and play with Bergie and Marshy or Halla and Hall and expect them to be 20 goal scorers right away and yeah. you know, carry you to the Stanley Cup finals and all that. I mean, everybody, everybody that was listed there, like Pasta, McAvoy, Swayman, like those are high level prospects. Yes. And what you're talking about right now, Boosie, is like these, these maybe bottom six borderline NHLers that are coming in. And we can't expect them to come in and, and be Bergeron or be Pasta or anything. You're 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McAvoy was gifted to us uh, yeah, sure. uh, where we drafted him. And Carlo, I mean, yeah, it, it was a great pick in that second round. And um, Pasta, I mean, he's developed nicely and stuff, but I, I wasn't. How much development does Pasta need, though? Let's be completely. Well, and that's, that's the thing, too, the, with McAvoy. Yeah. He didn't come in as a prospect, he came in as a grown man. <laughs> yeah. What was this? His NHL debut was a playoff game, and he played 23 minutes. Yeah. So. He literally drove from BU to fucking TD Garden and yeah. did just fine. <laughs> what a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, but I mean, the thing with Pasta, all Pasta really had to do was just 
put on weight. I mean, you saw that you'd sneeze and the guy would fall over. So mm -hmm. that's not really a development thing. That's just strength and conditioning. And obviously he got there and, and he's been um, late. He was laying hits all year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, geez, you saw him in the, um, what was that fucking tournament they just played? Oh, the international shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, he had a little bit of an edge there. So, I mean, mm -hmm. arguably the only healthy guy coming off the fucking Bruins top six. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't like seeing him throw those hits around. Yeah. No one bit. <laughs> like, Especially sorry, when he was like, talking about his core injury. Yeah. Can you, can, can you play it like 60% please for this? <laughs> oh my God. Um, let's see. Where are we? Here we go. Huh. Yeah, so, I mean, we got, well, hold on. Let's, let's finish up on this. Cause we didn't okay. really talk enough about it, but uh, but yeah, I mean, back to the criticisms of him developing young players, how much of that do you actually think is on him and how much of it do you actually think he's getting scapegoated here? Because ultimately, like, this is what he's being given. He's not getting elite prospects and I get it. He made the playoffs every year as a head coach for the Boston Bruins. He went to the Stanley Cup. He was a fucking stone's throw away from a Stanley Cup victory. So you're not going to get top first round picks especially when you're trading them. So I don't know, like there's, there's maybe something to be said about his patience with certain young players, but it's not like he didn't give certain guys enough time from the start, but when they didn't utilize that time and they didn't go out and make him have to fucking give him that time again, the next night there's, I, I can't fault him for that. The, the biggest thing for me was um, when Zach Sanderson was here. Yeah. Like he'd, he'd put him out there and again, nope. not really a top level prospect. Sandy was in a considered a top prospect because of where he was drafted, but right. he shouldn't have been drafted there. We all but, were, but, all but, it's, but it's just, but it's just that it's like, it's like you're, you're getting the edict from management. You need to play this guy. And he's like, all right. And then he plays him and he's like, nope. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Kind of, kind of It'd be great if we were a fucking below 500 team, then yeah, roll those dudes out all the time and give them all the minutes and right. let them get settled. But like, we're constantly fighting for playoffs, right? But you can't just I mean, sit here and just wait it, wait for it to happen to him. And he got traded to Ottawa and didn't even, I mean, he, went, he got sent down right away. Yeah. Right. Nothing. He, you want to, yeah. you want, you want, you want to take a stab of uh, how many minutes he played not in Ottawa. Cause he got into two games. He played a total of 14 minutes and 46 seconds. Awesome. <laughs> that is. If you can't break the, if you can't break the lineup in an Ottawa team that has just thrown it on the table for the year, just like, okay, we're done. We're done. We're just mm -hmm. playing the string. Then. So, uh, so maybe he's a bad, bad example because Cassidy was proven right by a lack of production when he got traded. But, it's but what about, what of, about, what about a guy like Frederick? Frederick's been here. He's getting minutes. He had a stretch of really good play where he started to turn all of our opinions. And then he went right back to the Frederick that we all fucking hated in the beginning. Right. So what, what's on, is, is that on him? You, can you put any of that on Cassidy? Is it possible that that question can't be answered till next year? Absolutely. Yeah. So. And it was only partially answered this year. And I think that's ultimately the point. Mm -hmm. right. I mean, he was just as good as who he was with. Then. Yeah, yeah. You saw him at that when he was going, that third line was going, and it was one of the best third lines in hockey. Yep. It was so fun to watch, and when he could keep his cool and just stay tame, and like the season before this past one, um, he just wanted to. He felt like he needed to be in everyone's face and just create. Goon it up. Yeah, he just yeah. needed to goon it up because he thought that's what he was, his role was. Yeah, so, uh, former first round pick needs to goon it up. It's just yeah. like. And he was trying to find, he was trying to find like his, you know, seat at the dinner table with the Bruins the previous season. And mm -hmm. he found it this year. And uh, I thought he developed nicely. I, uh, obviously Cassidy and others talked to him because he did calm it down. He was, I mean, at times he saw like, you know, some of the old Frederick, but uh, obviously I, th I thought he had a pretty good year. Um, but at times it could get with Frederick. Uh, that's kind of like Freddie hockey. It's, could be really good and it can be really ugly yeah the highs are solid they're not crazy highs but the lows are are fucking low so then and that's so frustrating then that that brings up a question for me uh boosie you made an excellent point who's getting in his ear and telling him that he needs to be this player because i don't think it was cassidy no i think it was you know guys like Berger and stuff it you, you, 
or maybe even guys like Coyle. Maybe Coyle has more of a voice in that locker room than we're led to believe. I mean, he comes off as a quiet guy, but that's his line mate right there. Mm-hmm. Or you got to think a guy like Felino. He's just like, I mean, you saw how great he was for the locker room and you heard about how great he was for the locker room. So maybe guys like that are stepping up and getting in his area. Be like, Hey, you're too good of a player to goon it up. And mm-hmm. you know, well, that but, that's all well and good, but who's telling him to goon it up in the first place? Where is I don't he- know if, I don't know if anybody is, that's the thing. I, th- I honestly think that just came from him. Oh, wow. I riled up the boys or the fans. I cause all yeah, of these that fucking first, players, that fight. Yep. Yeah. All of these players vanity search themselves. There's no, there's no <laughs> way around it. That's, oh, yeah. that's just the nature. They, they're mm-hmm. going to look up their shit. And when you go on Bruins Twitter and you type in Trent Frederick, 90% of what you see is people with Freddie fight club and this and that, and throw the body. We need Frederick out there for physicality. And he fed into it because everybody wants to be liked. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be liked. I mean, he knew what Br- old Bruins hockey was like. Yeah, hundred percent. PJ Stock, guys like that. Like they fucking ate it up and they made a living off that. And he thought maybe he could, but the game's changed, and uh, obviously his game has changed this year as well. So for the better, I would say. But I, like you guys said, the true testament will be next year with mm-hmm. no Cassidy, potentially. I mean, no Marshy, potentially no Bergey. I mean, so we'll see. I guess we'll kind of get a read for who it really was in his era, if, if, yeah. if anyone. Sure. And I also want to be clear that I'm not mad at him for when he steps up physically, whether it's dropping the gloves or just laying a fucking big, important hit on a body. What I do have a problem with is his being is his stupid penalties. The, the fucking penalty 75 feet from the fucking puck. Physicality like, without purpose. Yes, exactly. So it's like, that's what I mean when I'm saying goon it up. Cause honestly, dude fight every game. I don't give a shit. I love it rile up the boys if that's what it, what needs to happen just However, time it better or protect yeah protect a player if you're going to take a bad penalty you better be protecting pasta for a uh, hit from behind that didn't get called or uh, a coil going over the middle and getting in the dirty areas and taking a stick to the ribs yeah protect your players if that's your role but that wasn't his role during the most important stretch of the season when he was performing at an elite level on that third line bring it back to that so next year, yeah, very interesting. And and I know I brought it up before and I don't know if it was on Twitter or on the show, but like the idea of like maybe he's a trade piece or something like that. I don't really see it because his value I think went right back down towards the end of that year. But he's in a position that we really need to improve at. And he's cheap money. So yeah. So I don't I don't know if he's going anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm not as attached to him as Many people in the fan base are, uh, Boosie, I don't even know what your stance really is on him, but uh, yeah, I could take it or leave it with him just because I need consistent play and I need, I, yeah. he's three years into this and I'm still not, I'm still not sold. And this is kind of the same thing. I'm not a big Clifton guy, but man, at the end of the season and especially into oh. the playoffs, he sells me on himself every year where I'm like, all right, let's give him some more playing time. I know. And then two months into the year next year, I know I'm going to be like, why the fuck is he on this team? That's what he does to me every year. Every the best, year. The best Every seventh year. defenseman in the NHL. Too bad he's playing as a starter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, I, I mean, you guys have heard me before. I, I fucking hate Clifton, mm-hmm. but playoffs came around. Like I fucking love this guy. And the playoff <laughs> Cliffy exists. Just, I just wish it was all no. year. He's the beer leaguer who plays sober in the playoffs. That's essentially what that is. It's like, oh shit, this kid was really good. This kid was really good in high school. I swear to God. And it's like everybody else in the locker room is like, dude, that dude sucks. He's a fucking waste. And then when the playoffs come, dude turns it on. <laughs> that's a that's, that's pretty that's spot a on. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we so, got next here? Yeah, this is, this is starting about, to be the towards the end. You guys were talking about scapegoating, and uh, Cassidy laid it pretty plainly. Whether or not he had been scapegoated, Cassie said, that's up for you guys to decide. That's a yes. That's a yeah. yes. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> that, is a, that is a yes without saying yes. And, and that's what it is for every team, every good team. Uh, when, you know, you get eliminated in the first or second round. I mean, I know we had that Stanley Cup run, but we've had a lot of, you know, we haven't made it past the second round too often. Uh, but teams just, I mean, 
it's it always falls on the coach. It's coach first and then the GM. It, the GM doesn't want to point fingers at himself. I mean, another thing about Sweeney's uh, presser was a lot of I talk, not we or anything. He just said a lot of I stuff. When I promoted Cassidy, when I did this, when I did that, and that kind of bugged me. And then I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, obviously it was one hundred percent a yes. I mean, but it's just it's it's bullshit uh, i'm trying not to get worked up thinking about it again but no. it's just bullshit i mean who knows maybe we'll come out one day if sweeney was the puppet for Neely or ownership or whatever who knows but um yeah he was 100 percent scapegoat i he, i i just kind of wish he was just like yeah you know i mean that basically <laughs> said it but I wish he was just like pretty blunt with that. I'm glad he didn't throw anyone under the bus, even though that would have been pretty exciting. But yeah, I think if he did, that would have kind of, that that would have kind of messed up some of his uh, prospects. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. He's a right. he's smart guy. So, so yeah, no, Thomas, you agree? One hundred percent. Yes, without saying yes. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's yes, one hundred percent. And I don't honestly know what he could have said in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like no, he said exactly what he could, what he said in that situation. But th- and that's what I mean. Like you can't really say yes because you don't want to seem like he. Ultimately, he's he's kind of auditioning for another job, mm-hmm. and you don't want to say because you know in those interviews they're going to be like, "What was your relationship with the general manager? What was your relationship with Cam? Never talked to your relationship, boss. Yeah, what was your relationship with with the owner? It is unbecoming if you're just going there and be like, I had a lot of problems with my boss, and that's why it cost me the job. No, you need to take some level of ownership. Mm-hmm. That said, he's asked if he scape- if he was scapegoated. He can't say no. You don't say no either, because then you're just saying, I understand why I got fired. No, he should be pissed off that he got fired because he felt like he was doing the right thing and he had his dream job. He should be mad. And and the next employer is going to want to see that and say, use that, use that momentum. What did you learn in that locker room? If there was problems with players, what, what are you bringing to the table? So yeah, that's the only answer he could have given. So you think, do you think uh, future candidates for the Bruins head coaching gig, you think they're going to call Cassidy ahead? Like, or after the interview, like, do you think they'll, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what that relationship is. If yeah. Cassidy's a, it is a one of those, it is, but I don't know where he fits into that. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't really bounced around a lot of teams. He coached the caps and he coached here and there's yeah. minors, but he was a player. So there's, there's other players or coaches who were players before uh, to, to certain levels or whatever, but you have other coaches who are very similar. So I don't know. Maybe he has a relationship with Trotz. Maybe fuck. Maybe he, him and Lavi go get beers in the fucking summer. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no. But I, don't I, don't, I don't know. I, if if it was me coming from a situation, you're you're also a business owner. Like if you're interviewing somebody, do you want to do you, you you feel like you want to reach out to their former employer or you want to reach out to other people? But do you like sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes it's not the right the right situation, but. As far as it goes, the flip side, like thinking about getting a job. If there's somebody I know that works for a company that I'm trying to get in on, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm probably going to make that phone call. But you got to know somebody beforehand. So it really depends on what the relationship is, I guess. I know that's not really a clear answer, but no, I, I, didn't I think it's case by case. Answer, yeah, yeah exactly. like, I, I guess it really depends on Yeah. Because like a guy like Jay Leach obviously won't have to call him. I, but he probably would because they're you know, close, but I don't know who knows who the candidates are. I just, I just, I know I've seen Dave Quinn's name going around and I know how you guys feel about Dave Quinn. So, and I, I'm on the same boat as you guys too. So I know we're getting, I got a little sidetracked there, but it was pure panic when I saw Dave Quinn's name. Uh, I will leap out of, of my second story window. If David Quinn is hired. Yeah. Hard Straight up. Yeah. I'll find a new team. Yeah, if, <laughs> if, if you want me to not be excited at all for the season next year, hire that dude. No. I don't want Barry Trotz either, but at least I can understand why Barry Trotz may be a fit. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't, I just, I don't want it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I want right now. I'm so, I'm still, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around the fact that it's not going to be Cassidy next year. Uh, 
I'm yes, still wrapping my head around the fact that maybe Bergeron is is done. Like, I don't want to think about this shit. So the idea of another coach in that locker room on on potentially Bergeron's last year or another coach in the locker room influencing the fact that Bergeron may walk away. Like this is it's there's nothing warm and fuzzy. It is all darkness and cold. Well, that, that that's another thing. It's like you got to wonder how how Bergeron feels about all this. Is he happy, sad in the middle? I mean, you saw, you heard how he talked about uh, Bergey at the end. I know you guys will touch on that, but it's, it sounds like they kind of had a close relationship. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Does it leave a sour taste in his mouth as well? Who knows? But I guess we'll have to just impatiently wait and see. Yeah. On coaching Bergeron, like you, um, great segue, Lucy. Um, I'd like to take him with me. I thought we had a tremendous relationship, and I respect the hell out of him. First of all, no, do not take him. He's ours. Yeah. <laughs> if he takes him, but I also wish you were still ours as well. So you know. <laughs> yeah. If he takes Berger, then Cassidy's dead to me. But I can't see that happening. Yeah. Um, on his biggest memory, 2019, eats at me to this day which I put that on there because it fucking killed me. <laughs> I, yeah. that, that, that hit me right in the gut hearing him say that. Let's see on his dynamic with Sweeney. Here's an interesting one. Great communicator always came to me and was always direct. I don't think there was a breakdown in communication between us and on how he was fired. Don came to my house and told me I was let go. Let go. I don't agree with it, but it, he was respectful and he, he said that they were letting me go because my messages weren't being received the right way. Thoughts? So does this mean that they want to keep DeBrusque and stuff? Like th- this is why they're doing it to keep a guy like DeBrusque? I don't think that's out of the realm. I think that's absolutely, that, that could abs- I think it's a small part, but I don't think, it, I, th- I don't think that it's non it's non-zero. It's a non-zero part of this, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, his, uh, Thomas, what do you think? What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, my stance on that Sweeney going to his house kind of lends itself to what we talked about earlier in that. I don't know if Sweeney 100% agreed with the decision to let him go. At least wanted to go in face to face going. Yeah. Going to somebody's house is extremely personal. Mm. Like that's an extremely personal. Well, so much to, respect. To yeah. Exactly. And you know what? Even if he, even if he did actually agree with the idea of moving on from him, that shows you what the relationship is. And that shows you the amount of respect that Cassidy does command. Cassidy there's, was there's, in the organization for 14 years yeah. with Sweeney. Yeah. So if this is, this is a big time bandaid for both of them to rip off at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're not used to not being somewhat coworkers. Uh, and they're going to have to get used to it real quick. I don't know what Sweeney's plan is right now, and we'll find out in the coming weeks. But, but yeah, like if you're going to do it, do it like a man. Walk up, walk up to somebody's door, knock on it, and tell them what the fuck's going on. You think they had a toilet cry afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that it probably happened in the bathroom, and Cassidy was <laughs> Cassidy was sitting on the toilet with his pants down, and Sweeney was probably sitting on the edge of the tub rubbing his back and. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all this potty training that I've been dealing with for the last six months. And that's pretty much what happens. So that's kind of where we're at. (laughs) That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a portrait. You just painted Thomas. That's what we do, man. (laughs) Big tears, John, big tears, big toilet cry. Yep. And uh, his final thoughts. And it's interesting to note that he conducted this wearing a Celtics t-shirt. Did he? Also, yes, he did. He's, He's just making sure everybody knows how Boston he is right at, right up into the fucking very end. Exactly. He's, he's through and through and through. <laughs> I'm proud of the work I've done here. Boston will always hold a part of me. I hope M.A. Odoka and Brad take the title. They look great. Goal Celtics. So that's it. Yeah. Stings. It does. It's. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that he did that because it kind of gave it a little bit of balance i guess it added a human element to it it did and that's something that we didn't get from sweeney but sweeney's got to be the, the company line right now so mm-hmm. i get it but i i tweeted it out and i kind of still stick by it uh cassidy is coming away 
a little bit more of the victim and a little bit more likable than Sweeney because Sweeney ultimately had to be the bad guy here. And I don't necessarily know if it was all him. I think that decision came to him from Cam and maybe Cam got it from ownership and ownership got it from a fucking coin toss. I don't really know, but it does suck because when you're told one thing and two weeks later, that word has gone back on after you just like, yeah. And, and, and you had just, manned up and and fired one of the assistant coaches and been that guy you almost feel like he got used you feel like he got played a little bit cassidy and and kevin dean were very close so he fired a close friend of his mm -hmm. so fuck cassidy was just at a Sox game just straight up chilling last week like not a worry in the world yeah yeah and like it's crazy how quick how quickly things change life comes at you fast yeah (laughs) it really does it's general consensus we're all we're all disagreeing with with this move mm-hmm. like if you had to I, put a percentage on it i'm probably i did i think it was going to happen i thought it was like a 20 percent chance that he got let go but i honestly it it doesn't feel like that like i'm still super surprised like i maybe i only thought there was like a five percent percent chance and it the, the way it happened and the suddenness and the the weirdness behind it like to hear one week that it's like, okay, we don't have to worry about this. Let's move on. And we were so focused on Bergy and the God damn it. I'm going to fucking say his name on this podcast, but crazy stuff on social media and all that. And it's just like, that was the most annoying part of being a fan for like a week. And now, now we're here and the rest of the NHL is just kind of laughing at this fan base right now. They're, they're enjoying watching Boston uh, be a little bit of a dumpster fire right now. So the sooner the better when we, hire another coach and can kind of fucking move on and turn the page. It's very rare that you get such a consensus of this is a bad idea. This was a terrible move. Like it's universal. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of NHL reporters and like um, just guys around the league, just completely baffled by the move. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that kind of goes to say how crazy of a move, how random of a move out of, out of no, nowhere move mm-hmm. it is like no one can wrap their head around it. and granted it has, it's only been so many hours but i don't know if this is something that we could ever wrap our head around i mean unless the new head coach comes in fucking turns trent frederick into number one centerman and <laughs> you know clifton is just you know plugging in for mcavoy like and we're not even missing mcavoy mm-hmm. at the start of the season it's unless he can pull a rabbit out of his ass like that, then sure. I can totally understand the firing, but right now and looking in the near future, I don't know if I'll ever understand this, especially with one year left on his contract. I just, I I figured I wasn't even aware. I knew his contract was coming up. I wasn't sure if it was a year or two, but I figured that he was just going to play it out, especially with how the season is going to start with players next season, this upcoming Mm -hmm. season. Um, you know, you're missing some key guys. You don't know if Burge is coming back or not. So to fire the coach before you even get a word on Burge and, you know, missing some key guys to start the season, it's, it's bananas. Yeah. It's just Andrew, what is it going to take for you to, to, to justify this or to settle this in your mind as the right move? I think Ian said it best last week. Somebody needs to come out and say, you know, that Cassidy, that we weren't, we weren't on the same page with Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to need to be somebody of, of fucking value. Of too. consequence. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if Bergeron's that guy or not. Like, I don't think he's necessarily going to say something, but it does need to be somebody, not necessarily his, his status, but somebody, somebody that we take a good word from, you know what I mean? Like where I'll, where I'll believe it. If, if a coil or, a fucking McAvoy comes out and said, look like Cassidy's coaching style. Like he's a great coach, but it didn't always, it didn't always rally the boys. It didn't always, his message got burnt out or whatever. Like if that's, that's like such a football line, mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, the coach that at a certain point, the voice is worn out and it doesn't, you can't say the same shit again. It happens in every fucking sport. Yeah. I just didn't think it happened now. And they've done a good job at kind of hiding that. We honestly, we were under the understanding that, DeBrusque was the only malcontent. Maybe DeBrusque was the only one with the balls to say something and and ask to be out of there. Mm-hmm. 
if if we get some if we get somebody that says something like that fine that'll justify it another way that they could justify it is, is if they if they get a big fish mm -hmm. because to to ian's point last week if you have somebody in mind and it's and it's a big player okay then i understand but i don't think that's the case so it's gonna have to be a player yeah i mean scotty bowman isn't gonna walk in the door <laughs> scotty bowman you know, is right? gonna walk through that door um that would would he be able to coach still <laughs> um, uh, i don't know oh man this is just we thought weird. last week was the saddest episode <laughs> it's weird though because like they're on cassidy about his development of players and stuff like that but the guy right before him claude julian i mean he hated the young guys yep so it's like ryan yeah, spooner in particular yeah oh didn't ryan get fucking back do you remember that that um that clip from uh behind the beat where claude julian just ripped ryan spooner for not getting back <laughs> on defense during a practice i might have to go find that now <laughs> no, i don't remember that at all that's great but i mean guy, into him. didn't uh when vetrano got traded didn't he speak up and say something about you know claude julian and his development of young guys and giving them a chance and stuff mm -hmm. it was either spooner or it could have been both i know it was more than one player that spoke up about claude julian and you know not really giving young guys a chance but mm -hmm. i just think it's ironic and weird it's how. it's weird that it's cassidy being kind of put in the same ilk as him because cassidy came from a development background he yeah. coached providence it's like you should be used to these young kids unless it's a situation where you go to the NHL and it's just like, if somebody is putting you on my roster, I expect you to be NHL quality. So it almost felt like he kind of dropped the idea of, Hey, we still have to develop a little bit at this level. And if that's the case, then yeah, your message is going to get fucked or, mm -hmm. or your, your bosses are going to be like, we need to change our approach in coaching. And maybe, yeah. maybe that was it. But yeah, like, until somebody comes up and says something where it's just like coming from the locker room. Cause ultimately I don't give a fuck who the general manager is. I don't give a fuck who the coaches. I care about the players and I care about winning the games. I want these players to succeed. I want them to play at their highest level. Does that come back on coaching more than anything else? Yeah, that's fine. But we've seen worse coaches go to the NHL playoffs. We've seen worse coaches win Stanley cups. It comes down to the talent on the team. And right now, the Bruins are thin. We don't have a head coach. Our general manager isn't signed. Cam Neely has disappeared entirely other than the five minutes that he's talked a couple of weeks ago. Cause he, he was silent all season. Where was Cam Neely all year? It kind of let, it felt like he was already leaving some people out to dry. Wasn't it the season before this that, and maybe previous seasons before as well, that he was, like i think he had like a weekly segment with 985 yeah, sure. yeah yeah and then he him and felger got to yeah. Yeah. each other and felger got pissy about it well felger sucks so it doesn't yeah, even matter exactly. yeah no <laughs> well and i can't blame him for that but it is kind of weird how just you, you didn't hear much of nearly at all this year and mm -hmm. it's just i think it's a little bit odd how no one talks about his job being on the line when Maybe it's his job more so on the line than Sweeney's or, mm -hmm. or maybe it should be um, because I don't, I don't know. I don't really know what's going through either of their minds, obviously, but it's, it's not a very good feeling right now with those two because now we're stuck with those two and now it's up to them to hire our next head coach. Yep. Now this time last week, I didn't want to see any changes. And now with the state of it, I wouldn't be that upset if we just get sweeping changes and just, smash the reset button mm -hmm. like look if if there's a reason if, if there's a reason that sweeney hasn't resigned or hasn't been offered a contract then just make the fucking move like just do yeah. it but yeah. but i don't i don't see it happening i think he's here for at least one more year uh and i think this year is going to be a tough year to kind of judge because we're going to be so short in the beginning of the season it's probably going to be somewhat of a new system underneath a different coach we're dependent on certain players coming back and we have what 2.3 million dollars to use in free agency so what the fuck are we going to do in the free agency like this team's in trouble right now and Adapt i didn't feel yeah it's i didn't i don't know man i just <laughs> i don't know what this team's going to do and if sweeney's going to save his job and 
stick around for a while, it's going to be very dependent on him having some fucking magic in this off season. And yeah, he's got to be very proactive this off season. He yeah. can't just make one or two trades. He's got to, he's got to fucking swing that big dick and just like, yeah, he's got a lot big of work dick to get Jones. done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. That's just that. That's just it. You get all of all of that that you laid out so perfectly, Thomas. The the tagline for this off season is adapter perish. Yep. There's going to be an evolution here, and you need to be the one to facilitate it. You have one year. You have one year from today to make this work. Yep. Get to work. And I think his extension should only be for this year. I mean, I get it. You can always fire the guy, but you know how the Jacobs are about money and stuff. So mm-hmm. it'll be two, it'll be two years, and the op- the second year is an option. Yeah, I, 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 I see two up. years as well at this point. And I probably, if if you asked me a week ago, I would have said it would have been longer. But yeah, I think everybody thought that there was more. Well, with There's how many time contracts are up after this upcoming season nah, and how much cap space we have yeah. in the drafting. And I mean, obviously we don't have a first round pick this year, but I mean, I imagine we're going to have one next year because maybe even multiple, who knows what we do at the trade deadline. Yep. But do you really want that to fall on a guy like Sweeney? And obviously Sweeney's not going to go anywhere this upcoming season because we're less than a month away from the draft. You're not going to find a new GM. And I mean, you saw what happened last time when that kind of happened. It's yes, when they hired Sweeney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a shit show. So I think they learned their lesson from that. Granted, you don't have three first round picks yeah. in this upcoming <laughs> draft, but, but, um, you do have, you do have a second round pick. I, what do you have? Two thirds as well, I believe. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at cupboard candy basically at this point. It's not even, yeah. we're not restocking two thirds anything. And two sevenths. Yeah, it's 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 almost not even wa- worth watching the draft. I actually haven't really done any research on the draft other than like the top couple players that we we hear about when we're reading or, or watching Sports Center or whatever. But there's it's not really that deep of a draft either. So it's but it is. But I have found out because I I have done research. I have found out it is very center heavy in the middle rounds. So that's yeah. definitely going to be an option they go to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe you get lucky and and find a gem, but yep. not, not likely. I don't think we're going to get a franchise player in this draft. No, but yeah, no. it is, uh, it's kind of make it a break it this year for, for Sweeney at this point, mm-hmm. it has accelerated. Hopefully it's not all darkness and cold going into, uh, going into like Christmas time or whatever, when bodies start getting healthy and we start seeing what this team actually is. But honestly, I don't know what, what we're going to be running out there that first night because I don't know what we're going to move like Lazar's contracts up, et cetera. And I don't know, we're in, we're in such a weird spot and it's putting me in a really weird mood. I do have a uh, one tweet uh, folks. First of all, thank you guys so much for all the engagement today. And, and honestly, this whole week, uh, I apologize if I didn't get back to you or, or get a chance to read your tweet, but there was one from uh, I think his name's John it's at JB five, seven, nine, eight underscore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good guy. this was, this was one of the, one of the tweets that I screenshot and I want to go ahead and give him a little shout out because I'm right on, on the same page with him. He put, all we want is a clear direction. What the fuck is so hard about that? Telling Bruce he's safe and then firing him two weeks later tells me that Cam and Don and ownership don't appear to be on the same page. Who knows what else comes down the pipe? That's a, that I literally, we could have hit record on this podcast and just read this tweet and accomplished the same thing in way less time. <laughs> Cause that's, that's essentially my exact standpoint. Like, I don't know where we are. I'm frustrated. Welcome to Boston. <laughs> John's a good guy. I think he nailed it. Yep. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a blast. I'm glad I could get some stuff off my chest. Well, I got one more thing for you. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock yes. and, hit, and hit you with the short shit, the short 60. What? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to send uh, some questions at you. You got 60 seconds. They're not trivia questions or anything like that. Straight up opinion and, and shit talking basically, but you let me know. Are you ready? <laughs> Born ready. Let's All right, go. brother. Here we go. Boston Bruins don't exist. Never existed. What's your team and why? 
what's my team and why what's my team and why holy shit you're really putting me on the spot uh i'm not used to having to think this quick um fuck florida panthers jesus christ i don't even know why that just came to my head florida panthers florida panthers because cheap tickets where they are yeah i'm I'm into it uh you've been to plenty of games what's your least favorite fan base to deal with rangers yeah rangers i'll take that I'll strictly that. saying that because of my scumbag ex, but Rangers. Man. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your uh, What's your favorite team to watch the bees beat? If it's not the Rangers, the the Bruins beat. Yeah. Oh, Montreal. Yeah. It, yep, that, yep. That'll never get old. No. Never get old. Uh, real quick, Pasternak doesn't resign because he wants to be a rock star and tour the world. What band is he in? Nirvana. Okay. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> I could see him doing that. <laughs> Hardship box two whole weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Boosie, that was awesome. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and joining and uh, taking Ian's place. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. You guys, everybody, listen. I appreciate that, man. Like we, I'm missing you already on the Dump and Chain podcast, and I, I hope everything is good with those boys and they continue to do good work. Uh, and, and I look forward to seeing what's next for you. I hope you uh, either start your own podcast or jump on another one. And uh, I got to hear your opinions. Yeah. And I got to mostly hear you make fun of other people because I definitely <laughs> missed that already. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I got into it. But yeah, I'll be starting up my <laughs> own podcast at the end of the month, uh, early July. So we'll love to have the short shift on there. Um, don't necessarily have a co-host yet. Going to try some people out, but we'd love to have you guys on just you know shoot the shit and basically trash talk the uh burns front office yep i'll be yeah, back yeah. soon I'll always uh, you guys and not all the other bng guys i mean you guys get me by so <laughs> always appreciate yeah, it. we we missed the boat uh, all this year i wanted to do like a, a live cast like a watch party type thing with marky and you and yeah. whoever else and stuff like that it just never fell in line so we definitely got to uh wrangle that in it was awesome to go to that game and get to finally meet you in person and shit and for taverna to buy us all those goddamn beers was great <laughs> i know what a fucking <laughs> freak that guy is <laughs> um yeah that i mean that was that definitely opened up the gate for hell though because that was just <laughs> trouble after that i mean free beers who's who's not going to take advantage of that but yep. Yeah, no, maybe maybe in the fall, uh, end of summer, who knows? Maybe we can all get something going on and have some fun doing that because it's always fun. End of the off season party, I'd be into that. Oh, that that wouldn't be bad. See what see what we're working with, I guess, right? Yeah, it'll either be really positive and exciting, or we're just gonna be mad. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope that it's it's the latter or the former. David Uh, Quinn is the head coach, and I'm reeled in. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. I'm in an iron lung. <laughs> I need to just tweet that picture from my mother in law where he was sitting by himself at Mystic Pizza having a slice. Just, all by just looking very, wasn't he just looking very sad? I, honestly, I didn't know who it was at first because it looked like just every other shoreline Connecticut dude who gets way too much sun and smokes so much weed. <laughs> Did you say that he looked looked like he just got finished um, doing his weekend uh, weekend custody and dropped off his kid? Yeah, something like that. That's that's kind of what he looks like. I'll I'll I'll, I'll find that picture and tweet it out uh, at some point when this episode gets up. But Andrew, you got anything else, homie? Uh, Nope. Just uh, Boosie, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Thank you for. Uh, replacing for substituting for Ian. Um, <laughs> looking for looking forward to hearing some of your new shit when it comes out. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, appreciate it, guys. All right, I, I really appreciate you guys letting me hop on and uh, get some stuff off my chest. It's always fun talking, interacting with you guys, whether it's here or on Twitter. You guys are good dudes, and I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Open door policy, man. Anytime you want to jump on, you're more than welcome. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Jump on, like, rate, subscribe leave a positive review little five stars whatever you think jump on that twitter and hit the link there's some merch up there anything uh anything helps honestly we're trying to put some stuff together for this podcast and continue to grow so uh thank you all for listening and and interacting with us this has been amazing and it's it's crazy it doesn't feel like anything's even slipping and we've been not playing hockey for a few weeks and putting out more episodes than i thought we were even planning on to all summer but here we are 
but it's all because of you guys listening and and giving us all that feedback i did the math this is our seventh episode in 33 days yeah man i need i need a break (laughs) i'm sure we'll record another one in the next couple days folks yeah after don sweeney gets fired (laughs) (laughs) go bees go bees Bees.